0: The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www. irresponsible, disgusting pig alive
1: in the world. Shut up for a second, please. We're in a cultural war. A cultural war.
2: Talking to me like that, I resent the fact that your implication that only you are a Canadian. The culture war is back. Back, back, back,
1: back, back, back. Culture war is back. It's the Oakley Show's serving on uh, Tuesday mornings after nine o'clock, and uh, we have our two culture warriors in the studio with us this morning. Scott Masson is back, the associate pastor at the Westminster, Ch- Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Scott, good to have you back in the program. Good Hello. morning, John. And Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. How's good Greta? morning,
3: John. I'm great. Thanks. Good, good to see you again, Scott.
1: You too. All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Let's dispense <coughs> with the amenities and uh, get to a heart-rending story that we talked about earlier this morning where we had the advocate for the family on, uh, who is with the um, Coalition against euthanasia here in canada and uh... this is a story of baby joseph uh... out of london uh... where he's now uh, a terminally ill baby who has a severe neurological disorder doctors say there's no prospect of recovery and uh... based on that uh... he will expire that's seemingly uh... inevitable but uh, the case, having gone before the Consent and Capacity Board of Ontario, which is an independent tribunal, as well as uh, legal experts and uh, medical experts, all saying, you know, uh, this child must be under the uh, auspices or the care of the hospital and uh, expire that way, as I point out, is inevitable. <coughs> but the family wants baby Joseph to uh, have a tube inserted, a tracheotomy uh conducted and the tube inserted for breathing because he can not on his own now due to the disorder and brought home to die uh which has set up this ethical dilemma again as to whose rights supersede the interests of the other and so on and so forth that being said uh let me start with you scott i mean weighing in on this story which has implications for the whole euthanasia and palliative care movement uh whose right do you consider to trump the other's considerations
2: Well, I I don't like the language of rights on on this issue. I I think that inevitably that leads to uh, uh, a cost-benefit analysis. Somebody's rights weighed against others and it'll end up being, you know, what's the cost of keeping this child alive that will enter the debate as a result of that. I I think we want to start with uh, first principles, which which I think is the biblical worldview that every uh, single human being possesses full human dignity at every stage of life and development simply because this person is made in the image of God. And uh, that, that gift, and it is a gift of life, is to be celebrated and received under God's own dominion. And we have to treasure and protect that uh, at all costs. Now, cases like this make that principle uh, difficult, and people are in the terrible ethical dilemma of having to deal with that. And, and the poor parents who have this child are, are looking on with this. Uh, I guess the the, the the way it's being presented is the rights of the parents versus the rights of the medical establishment. Um how about the fact that this child is has dignity as a human being uh, i think that is the that's the real issue here now the parents want the child to die everyone knows that the child is going to die but you and i are going to die the question is is our right uh, is our life something of human dignity or not that to me is the core issue and from that if you agree with that then you make certain conclusions and if you dispute that then it gets a question of cost benefit analysis basically so, but
3: that that begs the question then if if we're looking to protect the dignity of baby joseph yeah. uh and and to honor uh what i would agree is a sacred uh reality uh, of of his little life uh, although i would i would argue about where that sacred uh, reality uh is how it, we attribute it but mm-hmm. um but to accord him dignity is to allow him to die with dignity, and not to continue to provide to to pro- prolong his life just because we have the technology to do so. Um, baby Joseph would have died in the in his car seat in the car because he stopped breathing uh, some time ago, and and an intervention was made to prolong his life, and then right. other interventions, and so we continue to do this. And I and I I do. Uh, Agree that this that we are in a, a horrifically difficult ethical dilemma uh, that should not be reduced to cost benefit. But um, but where do we stop using technology? At some point, technology. Uh, becomes a beast and and no longer a blessing. So this
1: is the quality of life argument that we've seen in previous uh, landmark cases like Terry Schiavo in Florida. Right, right. Uh, You know, the definition of life itself, I mean, to a certain extent when we talk qualitatively, while you have uh, a living being and, uh, you know, all dignity should be accorded to that being – Greta, am I reading your argument correctly that uh, somehow it's undignified to allow a person to lapse in this vegetative state and just kind of to wither away?
3: I, I don't know that he would that he would lapse in a withered state in a state and wither away. He he will die.
1: Well okay. I mean with in the case of Terry Shivo or whatever they would die. I mean at and, what, and Terry the,
3: Shivo did die within it uh, within a very few days.
1: Yeah. Where is that cutoff point? Who makes that exactly. determination?
3: Exactly. And that's and that's the question. And and so I think that when you have uh, someone in a particular uh situation to continue to intervene, this is not euthanasia. It's not euthanasia to not intervene. This is a child that's dying, and right, we are not doing anything to promote that dying. We are allowing it to happen, and I think that we need to allow it to happen.
2: Right. Would you not say that medicine in general, though, is seeking to prevent death and... and uh,
3: Absolutely, and we've right. made so that the very a god, purpose of and medici- we need to step back from that, because medicine and technology are not gods. They become beasts when no, we it, use technology them.
2: technology is a means, and it can be used for various ends. I, I, I grant you that, but the question is whether there is such a thing as life unworthy of life. Uh, I would say that there is no life uh, unworthy of life, or rather, that it's not our it's not our, our place to make that call.
3: So you would say that that when the when the, the the tracheotomy and and the respirator no longer works, that we intervene in some other way to keep him alive, as long as technology is able, we push the the extension of life for every one of us. I mean that means that 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 when I get to be an infirm age and and I have pneumonia at ninety-nine years of age, because we have the technology to prolong my life, those who are responsible for making those decisions, if I'm unable to do so. Have the have the right to continue to force the medical community to keep me alive? I I question that.
2: I question it as well in a in a certain way because I I do wonder whether people have a, a correct understanding of what their life means at that point. What well, I mean, the simple continuation of bodily existence is not life per se. We think life means but more made, than that, I right? I may recover
3: from from pneumonia and continue to contribute to society. That doesn't mean that that I should be pr- that my life should be prolonged, All right, prolonged but, but what prolonged. you're saying,
1: Greta, is if uh, science has the wherewithal, which it does today, but increasingly so to just keep a pulse, uh, even though there's no great quality of life uh, you're saying this becomes the beast rather than you know uh, the the God that uh, is the salvation Absolutely. of people in prolonging uh, a quality of life you're saying then a life uh,
3: death is not worthy of living. life. Death makes way for life, right. and and in this situation, uh, metaphorically, uh, Joseph's death will make way for his parents to move into new life. Uh, in a very real sense, Joseph's death and the, and the and the cessation of of resources being poured into keeping him him alive may allow those resources to be used to give someone else life. So death makes way for life.
2: Yeah. Wow. I mean, with that sort of argument, then uh, everyone who we regard as uh, not living a quality life. Uh, we, we could, uh, uh, m- intervene this in is not,
3: we're not talking about anybody who, who who doesn't meet my definition of a quality of life well, we're well, well, what, what, about what would your definition of dying. quality of life
2: be that's the, that, is, that then begs the question my point is that all life has dignity and it, it is worthy of respect at every stage of life and it's not our but call the, to make that determination of what constitutes a quality of life uh, when but you go, interve- this is but a slippery slope but the slope, point which is which the
3: intervention Scott if no, no, we're going no. to continue to intervene we can we can keep someone alive as long as we want because we have the technology Right, this is a technological
2: that. problem but the, right. but the fundamental philosophical and theological issue and the human rights issue is whether a human being has dignity as a creature made in the image of God and no one has a right to intervene and say that that person doesn't have that right That that is the point But no here. one
3: has the right to demand that someone intervene in order to extend someone else's The right. medical
2: establishment is there precisely to do that, that is what they're called to do Now there is a problem created by Technology, I grant you that, but and the that's purpose the issue, of medicine—no, the ethics, the no, the ethics of, of medicine is to prolong life and to ameliorate human suffering. It is not there to determine whether somebody is worthy of life. What will we do with the han- mentally handicapped? What will we do with the senile? What will we do with the unborn? You know precisely what we'll do with this. We will terminate because we determine that this person is not worthy of life. All right, this slippery slope argument—that's argument. yeah, the slippery slope I, argument. I think
3: you've twisted the argument, and I don't—I don't think that I absolutely do not think that this extends. To people with with uh, who are not meeting a particular written definition well, of what the quality of life. Point? Where is see, the cutoff point? That's, That's the it. question. Where is the cutoff point? Well, and then, who
1: makes that decision?
3: Well, I think that we have to allow the people who have the the best interests of the child and the family <laughs> and the medical.
1: The, <laughs> but who, who are those people? P- like, well, in well, the case of baby. I think of it's baby the medical
3: J- community. Uh, well, yeah. see,
1: there you go. And baby Joseph's parents are uh, trying to uh, get the medical community's decision reversed so that they can have their baby at home with them with a tracheotomy, and the baby, as we pointed out, uh, will inevitably die. They want that baby to die on the home front rather than in the hospital in London.
3: And I, and I think that this kind of conversation only becomes a part that the medical community has to take a, a stand-in when, when there is a, a standoff like this, and there's no positive outcome. Yeah. There is no positive outcome in this situation.
2: Except that I don't agree. I think there's a positive outcome. The child will die with dignity because the child will die when, when God wants the child to die and we will do so our best to. Who wanted the child
3: to die when it stopped breathing in the car seat in the car?
2: Who wanted the child to die? Uh, yeah,
3: like who gets to, like why wasn't that God? God determines I mean, when can we choo- will you die. It choose, is our part to you pick to and s- choose when God is going to intervene.
2: It is our part to seek to preserve life. That is the good. The, the good is not that, I for I think us that, us that to having choose. a
3: convenient God that that pops in when you want to use it. Well, you're I think the one that who that has that no definition very very of improper. what that point is
2: when life is worth living and when it's not worth living. The co- but I, your definition
3: p- of God jumping into the situation, you're picking and choosing the times that you think that that's a, that that's going to happen.
2: No, I don't.
1: Let's talk about on whose terms. Uh, should this baby be allowed to die I mean uh, this seems to be the argument here I mean again we've got a case study that speaks to the broader issue of the uh, dignity of life uh, quality of life It's uh, who gets to make that determination, where exactly is that determination point. These are uh, all of the issues that confront us in the story, the heart-rending story of baby Joseph. Again, both sides of the equation being represented here by Greta Vosper from the uh, West Hill United Church and Scott Masson, Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Your thoughts. How do you feel on the baby Joseph story? Let's go with that. Should the parents be allowed to take the baby home to die? All right, we're back into it with our culture warriors this morning. The question of the baby Joseph uh, out there in London, or or at least uh, we thought in the hospital. Now there's some conflicting reports as to whether the child has been allowed to go home, but the question is whether allowed to go home with this intervention, a tracheotomy that the doctors would not perform, saying it was useless, it was uh, really there's no point to it, but the family wanted it in order to intubate the baby to be able to take it home to die at home. Uh, with the family, uh the more dignified i guess uh demise. Uh, as the family considered it. Their spokesperson on earlier this morning suggested as much. Now, it really does, does revolve, as Greta pointed out during the break, the ethical use of technology uh, in order to prolong life. Scott Masson suggesting that all life uh, is dignified and deserves to be prolonged. Greta Vosper says there's a point at which, you know, science becomes, or at least the god of science becomes a monster or a beast, and therefore, you know, somebody has to intervene. If I'm reading you right, Greta, because there's no longer even a dignified form of life, is that uh, an approximation of what you're saying here? For
3: this, for this tiny child, that's the tragic truth.
1: All right, uh, but again, it's the question of who does get to make that call, yeah. and uh, whoever does gets effectively to
2: play God, don't right? they? Yeah. So either right. technologies of the God or other people who are who are gods make that call, and you think the people who are gods are are better suited than that. And, and then the issue for me is again
3: but, uh, but, is
2: the purpose it Scott- is the purpose of the medical establishment to uh- help life to flourish, or is it there in order to make decisions about whether life is worth living? And, and your position is that it is their place, even, I mean, not absolutely, I know you're not saying that, but in hard cases like this, it is up to people to determine whether life is unworthy of life. Now, this is the position of the euthanasius and the abortionists and, since Nazi Germany. It is a slippery no, slope. No one's it is that questioning that whether is the same child position. can
3: live or not. Everyone knows this child is going to die.
2: Right, and you the and I are also going where? to die. That's the point. The question is, is uh, we, our where, life is when. also... We, uh, it's a question of when, uh,
3: right? So the, the question but, here but the is then who The medical community has that? already pole vaulted your idea of when God would time this child's death. Uh, it pole vaulted it around the car. It pole vaulted it every time it it made an intervention in this child's life. It said, "So, so your argument that God gets to say when this child dies. I mean, if you want to use the argument that God gave us the technology to save this child.
2: No, and, I, what I said is that God will determine it, and it's not for ours to scrutinize that one way or the other. Our our ethical obligation is to seek to do good." That is our obligation. We have no determination. You know what? No how, matter how good our technology is, we will not preserve this child's and life. And the only infinitely. idea of
3: good is pulse. Is a pulse. That's no, of, the course, only not. Idea of, of good. course not. Of course not. But that's the definition that you're using. No, not. I mean, it's if not. you step if you step back a few steps, you see that, that you know what is good for the family. If you step back a few more steps from that, what is good for the community? You step back a few more steps from that, and we're talking we're cu- talking global access to technology. That we live in a privileged society. No, and we you have were talking
2: about to. that, but I mean oh, that's I, off topic. You
1: know, know, and and yet there's an expanded context to this debate or argument uh, that we've seen increasingly with, uh, you know, societies being cash strapped. This was one of those things that surfaced with the Obamacare debate, Mm -hmm. you know, the death panel, so-called, that people are going to have to intervene or at least somebody's going to be coerced into making a decision, maybe prematurely. Maybe today it's a baby Joseph because this one, you know is a case that's inevitable, but uh, to Scott's point, we're all going to die, but uh, if somebody is in ill health and it's your grandmother and she's 82, does somebody just say, we need the bed, we pull the plug, and uh, therefore the administrators at the hospital or the uh, folks in the consent business start making those determinations. This is the slippery slope that Scott's talking about. Let me get some calls in here. Wayne and Scarborough, you've been waiting. I appreciate you. You're on The Oakley Show. Go ahead
0: hi john and everybody um i struggle with this issue as born again christian um... i remember i was talking to my prayer partner one time about this very issue because my uncle lost his mother after you know and they took the feeding tube out of her she was ninety two and her health wasn't the best and i remember telling my friend this very thing on the heels of my uncle's mother's passing and i said you know i struggle with this as a Christian, because I said, on one hand, I see where you're coming from, Pastor Scott, about Mm -hmm. life, you know, because I agree with you, like, you know, life is determined by God. Um, But at the same time, I don't, I struggle with, with, if I'm really in ill health and it's my time to go, should I be put on a machine to... Renew my life if it's clearly my time. Because my, I remember my friend said to me, you know, um, he quoted, you know, the scripture, you know, the, about there being a time to, you know, a time for everything. Including right, a time to <laughs> right. <die. laughs> time right. to kill, right. Well, a time to
1: die. <laughs> no, it's a, <laughs> a time it's to, a time to
3: allow true. natural processes to take the, their course. It's not. We're not talking about a supernatural divine being who's going to f- put his finger down and save somebody or, or take somebody. We're talking about our natural uh, urge toward life. And when our natural processes cannot sustain our bodies, we die. Yes.
2: Yes. Nobody's that's, disputing that.
3: That's it. Uh, well, except that this child's natural processes cannot sustain his body, and we are not willing to let him die. We're going to jump in and do all kinds of somersaults and call them God's will so that we don't have to deal with the tragic, cruel fact that an infant died. And that's a horrific fact for a simply Well, it's simply not, open, it's simply not it's the case true. because the
2: parents know perfectly well that the but child the is par- going to die. So you're the saying chi-
3: that the parents get to play God.
2: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they are seeking to preserve the long, uh, the life of their child. They probably have hope that the child may live. Uh, their hope may be there in vain. There is no
3: hope that the child will live. There you is didn't. absolutely no hope that the child will live. Right.
2: Well, I thank you for your expert opinion on the child's uh, termination here. I, I, well,
3: it, I, someone told me that gravity exists, and I trust that. So when the medical community in the United States and here in Canada has said that this, there is no positive prognosis for this child, then I accept that.
1: <laughs> uh, let me grab Jack's call. We've got our server back up. Jack, go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show.
0: Hi, John. Um, I, will, uh, I will preface this just by saying, and I'm sure this will be to uh, uh, both the panelists' dismay, I'm not a terribly religious person. Uh, but to me, the, uh, the technological advances in medical uh, life extension serves two purposes. One is to... Uh, further the life of the individual, the other is to uh, uh, provide some sort of comfort to those that love the individual. Um, The problem that I have with extending someone's life is not so much whether or not they can contribute further to society uh, as much as uh, whether it's just their destined time to go.
1: All right, let's say, let's say it's your destined time to go or you're on the precipice and you're still of sound mind. Uh, should you be able to make that call for yourself, being a responsible person? Absolutely.
3: And the <laughs> medical community actually wouldn't let you do that right now, because this uh, right, this, so. this this gentleman who's acting on behalf of this family, who's part of this Coalition for Euthanasia, would say, you don't get to decide that.
2: Quite right, because then your right to choose, which you've absolutized into a, an idol, to use your phrase, or a god, uh, trumps the right to life. Now, the right to choose trumping the right to life is a pretty interesting slope to go down, at which point, w- at where does I, our choice, at what point is it bound, you absolutely absolutize the right to choose at any point, because that is our dignity, but then the dignity of life you will deny with that choice. This is the ethical dilemma, which the absolutization of choice, which is your position, leads us to, and then it leads to the slippery slope that I talked about. If it's up to the person to decide whether their life is worth living, then once again, we have the exact same problem. It is not even our, our life is not our own. I'm going to in have to science.
1: put i I'm the breaking mechanism on the slippery slope because we've got to bail on this. We're out of time. I appreciate it. That was a very heady debate. It's obviously one that gets uh, rekindled in cases such as uh, the tragedy of Baby Joseph. Appreciate it. Scott Masson, associate yeah. pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto, and Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church, likewise in Toronto. Thank you both. Thanks Thank so much. You.
0: Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.